Welcome to Uncommon Sense. Craig Kamanis and Dean Holmes host Uncommon Sense, where they discuss key business ideas on how to improve financial planning businesses. Thanks for listening and on to the next episode. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 47 of Uncommon Sense, the first of four 2024. Craig Kamanis, welcome. Great to see you. Dean, happy new year. Same to you. Craig and I had a handshake, a coffee and a hug this morning in that in that order. In that order. Craig. <laughs> and Craig is in the ta- same time zone in Sydney from the Farragham office. So we're close, but not that close right now. But we're really excited for 2024 overall for Uncommon Sense. We talked about it this morning. There's going to be t-shirts for Craig and I and any of the listeners that want to jump online and and buy a t-shirt we'll, we'll have that availability of course uh, and there's prizes for anyone that wears it at a conference i can guarantee uh guarantee that so we've got t-shirts we've got a goal to continue to have some great guests along over the over the next 12 months and as a little reward and and goal for us we're excited to get to number 50 the the number of podcasts overall that start most of them stop at episode sorry episode six which is a little bit of a theme for today so most only make it through six episodes so thus far to be 47 is amazing a couple of weeks time we'll be celebrating our 50th with a with a with a live session where craig and i will be together doing uncommon sense so we look forward to that but craig as we know it's kind of uh well it is the 25th of january as we're doing this so a couple of things that happen as a result of that is that most New Year's resolutions have already fallen over. For those that do New Year's resolutions, are most we've, we've already hit a roadblock. And so that's something we're going to talk about and think about today. And the second thing is we're just about to get past Australia Day, which is typically the day in which uh, is the end of holiday time. So I sort of say from amazingly from Melbourne Cup all the way through to Australia Day is, is a little bit of a, a quieter time. And so jumping into February, all business is back, all annual leaves finished, and we actually get back into the momentum of the of the calendar year. And so I've been talking to all my guys that we've got February through to June, of course, to hit those revenue and business goals that we've set ourselves up for. Today, we are going to focus a little bit on those resolutions, share a little bit about what I've been talking to uh, thought leadership in terms of what is new. Um, most of the goals that we do, Craig, are all financial year based. Yeah. And so coming back in January is not about resetting any business goals, but but most people have had a break. And so when you when you rest and have your have your break from a mind perspective, what we get to do as a result of that is is think about things that we want to do differently this year compared to the year before. I want to lose weight, I want to read more, I want to do something else, for example. And so we're just going to have a chat through a couple of these things for ourselves in terms of what we want to do ourselves, Craig. Uh, and then that will allow the listener to sort of uh, follow the same process. And if you're online listening live, feel free to put your answers in LinkedIn chat if you'd be so brave. And we'll share those as well as we go through. So, so Craig, over to you. The, the first question that I ask is, is really what do you want to start doing in 2024 that you weren't doing before so let's go with weren't doing last year because the thing i want to start doing dean is i actually have a long while back 
done it and done it very successfully, but then it, it's let go. And a few times on Uncommon Sense, I've, I've done a shout out to uh, our a friend of Uncommon Sense, Andy Fell, and you know some of the things that he teaches through his What Winners Do program. And um, it's the 4M routine that he talks about in, in the morning, um, which is the movement, the mind cleanse, the Mozart time and the uh, meditation. Like I know when I was doing a combination of those, that my day used to run so much better. And it's just been one of those things that for far too long. So I've almost, and I really want to start doing that again through this year. And, you know, let's be open and vulnerable. Like I actually haven't started it yet. And it was our conversation today. And in this, that it's triggered to me that that is something that, that I really must start. Mm. Um, because when we get into the other things we want to do, it's important to those as well. Yeah. So it's definitely that, that concept of, setting setting your uh self up for success so that's all about setting your day up for success in terms of those those four m's that you speak about and i love it whether you choose to do all four or a combination of the four just depending on 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 what you like in the in those four as simple as they are it's getting a little bit of movement into your into your day Mind cleanse is just writing your to-do list or understanding what's in your head in terms of priorities and getting them down on a, on a piece of paper. The Mozart time is, is a little bit of thinking and strategic thinking and meditation in any form that you'd like to do, whether it's doing a few stretches and doing some breathing to following some guided meditation. That whole process can be, what do you reckon, Craig? 20 minutes if you wanted to. Yeah, exactly. Hours think- if you wanted to. We were talking earlier, Dean, the, the movement part's the important piece. The movement in this routine isn't about I've got to go and run 25 kilometres mm. uh, or, you know, I need to go for a bike, big bike ride or anything like that. I mean, that that could be part of your other exercise goals. This movement is sort of, you know, it could be a 10 or 15-minute walk, whether on a treadmill or around the block. You know, like I, the most successful way I used to do it was just 10 minutes on a treadmill. But you got to have access to one. But it's, it's just about getting your blood flowing and actually mm. waking you up. Yep. which obviously gets your mind going for the mind cleanse. So, yeah, it's, it's a short time. And the other part, the meditation one, like I know that's not for everyone. I remember trying to get my, my under-21 basketball team to do five minutes of it and, you know, young men laughing and not being able to contain themselves or, or switch off. So we know it's not for everyone. But as you said, Dan, even if it's just a five-minute guided one, mm. it can make such a difference to your mindset versus not. And so, you know, my recommendation is give it a try. Give it a try. And there's there's a like everything, there's an app for it and there's a yep. few there's headspace and, and calm as two that I know come to come to mind. And so free trials of those. And like everything, if you do it once, you're going to get absolutely zero benefit from it. So if you if it's something that you want to if you think you read the research or you listen to us and you go, Yeah, I think that, that could work, you actually have to give it a reasonable go in order to test that assumption. And so this is where in past episodes, Craig, we've talked about doing something for a hundred days and that at the end of the hundred days, that's when I want you to tell me that you couldn't do it or that it didn't work. Don't tell me after seven days, because it's actually not what you're telling me after seven days is you couldn't stick with something for a period of time to see if it worked. And it does have to be that, that period of that period of time in order to, get some get some results so craig let's listen to yours yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so definitely in terms of what what i'm doing start doing in terms of personal accountability is that i've already signed up 
every year on my birthday, I sign up to the Canberra Marathon. So I'm starting my marathon training, which which is not new for the last few years anyway. But the, the other thing that I signed up for on my birthday, which is the 30th of December, so it's kind of like linked to New Year's Eve and New yep. Year's resolutions, is I signed up to do uh, a half Ironman in this year. And so that involves swimming. And so what I need to start doing is I start I need to start to learn to swim. So I think the idea of swimming, I haven't done a lot of it over the years, but at the end of the day, we need to make sure that I know how to swim by the end of October. So definitely that's the one that I'm going to be start doing. Professionally, in terms of starting to do, it's, and this is kind of linked to my second question of what I want to get better at too, is that we do this, is that I've had this realization for financial planning, financial advisors, that, that sometimes they only get one opportunity a year to make a meaningful change in the client situation. So if you think about you, yourself as an advisor, you, you've got 120 clients, maybe you see them once or twice a year, depending on what the service that you've got delivering to those clients. And so I want to impart the importance as advisors to make sure that you're having the most powerful conversations you can with your clients to get them to change. I think that sometimes as advisors, we want to be friendly. And so we skip over the importance of really enforcing a point such as you are overspending or you need to change or that goal is not attainable. I think we can do better in a respectable professional way to tell clients the hard truth that they know they need to hear and they actually want us to tell them that that they're off track. And so what what I want to start doing, Craig, is actually start helping advisors to grow the muscle around these difficult conversations instead Mm -hmm. of going reflecting on your client meeting, going, oh, that client's not going to hit their goals because they spend too much or such and such is, is not set up right. They're not doing, they're not doing their homework or they're not doing the work to help me, but to help them get the right outcome, I want to push it back on the advisors and really help them get really good at those difficult conversations. So that when we leave a client meeting, you've actually achieved because you may not see that human for another 12 months. And so if you only see someone once a year, you've got to do a great job at getting change in that client world. And so that's, that's my start doing Craig is I want to help people do that so that they have great client meetings. They're- very, very important one, mate. Absolutely yeah. critical. And it'll produce better outcomes for everybody. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So that's my start doing. What's next on our list? The next on the list is what do you want to get better at or what do you want to continue? So this is the whole thing. You'll, you'll get the theme. The listener will get the theme of what we're going through. But what do you want to get better at is a great question for people to spend a little bit of time at in terms of, their their day-to-day craft or their profession what do you want to get better at in terms of in terms of that area yeah i mean so for me you know i spoke about focus sessions a lot at the end of last year on uncommon sense in terms of you know creating focus sessions for your day to to work through different bits and pieces and and times and you know just basically giving yourself those 25 minute blocks to get project done and then picking which projects take priority in the morning through to the afternoon and that was really starting to hum and and come together and so you know i want to continue that 
you know, now that we're back at work, get back into that. And one of the things I've even learned this week, Dean, like, you know, been up in Sydney and, you know, so you've jammed, you know, quite a solid few days together because people you want to catch up with and what you want to do and things. But I've realised after three days how important it is into those days to allocate time for phone calls. Because when you're doing back-to-back meetings, people call you and then you can very quickly have two days pass and go, I've got four people that, that still needed me for something mm. and I don't know and I haven't been able to speak to them because by the time I've finished all the meetings I've jammed in, it, it's either too late or inappropriate to call them at that yeah. point in time. And, and, you know, you're starting early again. And so before that, it's too early to, you know. Yeah, abso- absolutely. Like and you don't have the time zone advantage that you normally have, Craig. Yeah, and so it's just um, a matter of going, when I'm going to do a day like that, there must be a focus time for, for phone calls back mm, yep. and that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that reminds me of of when when I talk to advisors in their client meetings, I've had a couple of occasions recently where advisors were like, I just finished my three hour and 20 minute client meeting or my client meetings go for two hours and 20 minutes sort of thing. And broadly, I hit straight back and go, those client meetings are too long. I don't know what you're discussing in them. I don't care what you're discussing in them, but they're too long. And so to your point, Craig, about making space around your around your meetings broadly i see this in the in the advice businesses as well is that back-to-back meetings you've forgotten what you talked about at the start of the day by the time you get to the end of the day so creating your space between your meetings to go where's my meeting summary where's my action items why don't i just write a few things down so i but when i get to the end of the day i'll remember so that's you know one thing Second thing is, is the break that your brain needs just to relax before going into the next meeting. So yeah, face-to-face meetings, Craig, actually allow you to have a break, even though you don't realize it. So you've got to walk from A to B, yep. even if it's down a hallway, you're actually allowing yourself to have a little bit of a break. It's even worse if you run digital meetings all day. If you have back-to-back digital meetings, it's very hard on your brain overall. And so the leveraging off what you just said about creating space to return people's calls my thing in addition to that is creating space in your day for you to recover from different elements so if you've got a lot of client meetings you have to be aware that at the end of the day you're going to be buggered so you shouldn't have the extra meeting of course but building that gap and the last thing to reflect on for everyone that's listening is how long are your meetings in general okay so i don't want you to spend less time with a client around important issues, but I want the advisors to control the agenda of the meeting. You can set an agenda, so that's an important thing. You can think about how long each thing should take and you should stick to the timings of that in the agenda. I constantly see advisors rush the last bit of the meeting and typically the last meeting is your fees up, here are the fees, sign here, do the application forms, et cetera, why rush the the last part of the meeting, which is frankly the winning part? Like we can all do the chitty chat for, for the whole hour if you'd like, that's not a problem, but focusing that last bit of the meeting so you've got enough time to go through your agenda to get your outcomes, which goes back to my making sure we're getting great client outcomes is that yeah. you're going to tell them the truth 
you got to get it done within a, a reasonable time frame so that you, everyone walks out, ha- you know, happy or content, depending what the discussion was, to move on. So you, as the advisor, can move into the next meeting. So forty-five meeting, forty-five minute meeting instead of an hour could be something you think about. An hour and a half or an hour and forty-five instead of two hours definitely will be a better thing. And if you can't do two hours of work in 145, we've got some other issues to think about. We do. Think so. so, yeah. So what do we want to get better at? Craig, you've, you've kind of jumped in and let me let us know there. My my thing professionally around getting, getting better at on, on an ongoing basis, I think is running these, my coaching meetings, of course. So just continuing that theme of making sure that we get the most out of the the advice owners and the principal to make sure that they're doing the right things at the right time so my role of of making sure that they wear those two biz those hats of business owner and advisor i'm constantly focused on getting better at elevating people out of the day-to-day advice into that business owner so we can have a great conversation there knowing full well the next day they have to go back and be an advisor but, but wearing those hats and getting used to talking and working on the business before falling back to being obviously an advisor through through that process. Mm-hmm. Craig, number three is yeah. what what do you want to stop doing? Yeah, stop doing for me is jumping from task to task without structure and getting distracted, like, you know, just not letting a distraction occur because, you know, it, it's obvious, right? Like if you're doing bits and pieces of tasks, all the time you're not a you're not a multitasker craig no i'm not a multitasker mate. welcome to the 98 percent of the population yeah thank you thank you but you know and i think by doing by stopping that you'll actually give value to every other bit that you actually do do yeah you know it's okay not to answer your phone immediately if it's ringing if you're in something and, mm. and that type right. of thing yeah absolutely you and you're in a meeting with yourself so yeah. if you've decided on doing a particular task for the next hour and your phone rings and you answer it, you've broken the promise that you made to yourself to work on a particular task for an hour. And so be be aware of that kind of breaking of the promise that you that it's harder to go back to that task, depending on the length of the phone call. But you know, you still got to do that work later on. Yeah, but the reality is, Dean, like I'm not if my phone rings right now, I'm not gonna take that call. Correct. Like because we're you're sitting in a meeting really with me. These, yes. Right. But so what should why should the difference be if I've committed to another task that perhaps doesn't involve talking to another human or interacting in Correct. a meeting? Yep. Why should I take the focus off that as well? And so Correct. yeah, I just want to yeah, it, it kind of goes into what I want to continue, but then really what I need to stop to make sure I do continue that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The meet it's a meeting with yourself and you're letting your, you're interrupting yourself, so you're letting yourself down through that process. So Really good one, Craig, to continue to focus on. I think obvious, there's there's too many studies about the distractions and the multitasking and the focus. So, And it takes time and discipline to work on that. So you can't just turn your brain on today and say, I'm just going to work on my task and not get distracted. We've got to build that muscle just like building the muscle around doing a meditation or doing the morning routines. It's all about the routine building over over time. So a couple of other things that have come up in my conversations with advice owners, as well as, as well as myself, Anthony gave me this great one, which is called digital snacking. So he wants to stop his digital snacking, which I think we can all 
agree that we'd like to stop. So what is the digital snacking? It's the small little con consumptions, i.e. snacks of, di uh, you know, social media or information or news. So it's, oh, I've got a spare five minutes or three minutes. I'm going to read an article on the newspaper. I've got spare seven minutes. I'm going to scroll on my social media feeds. I've got a few minutes over here later in the day. I play it again. And so it's this bouncing in and out of the social media and it's less about the that small amount of time of course that time could be spent differently but it's about what it can what it ends up doing to your brain and most people would would underestimate the time that they spent snacking so if i was to say if i came up to your desk craig and you were just scrolling on your phone which i know that you don't do in work hours but if you were and I said to you, how long have Sorry, you... Sorry, mate, what did you say? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, if I said to you, how long have you been scrolling for? You would not know the end. You had no clue. You wouldn't know if you've just been doing it for one minute or doing it for 15 minutes, okay? And so there's a couple of different tools. You can set timers on different apps. You can use Freedom in order to set limits to that. And that limit is just information. Of course, you can overrule it. But if I if you set a 15 minute limit on Instagram for the day and you breach it, you just go, oh, wow, I've spent 15 minutes there and I didn't know that I spent 15 minutes there. So that's the digital snacking, absolutely the task to task swapping, jumping into the Pomodoro technique of focusing your effort, I think is, is really important. And so these are definitely same with me. These are things to continue to try to stop doing. Last one that's come up really importantly in terms of stop doing is just the delegation to teams overall. So this delegate and elevate, Craig, of going, I've got to continue in my leadership role of owning an advice practice to delegate the doing of the work to others so that I can continue to work on growing the business. And so I think when you build a team around you, the next challenge of that team is empowering the team to do the work but also then empowering the team to answer their own questions. So the next challenge in terms of stop doing is stop answering your staff's questions and train them to bring solutions to you. So yep. stop bringing the problem to me. The old book is the old book from, I don't know if it's from the seventies or eighties, but the monkey on my back uh, is an old book about it, but it's about that thing that staff bring their problems to you. And if you, offer to solve that problem for them straight away. The monkey is then on your back to give the task back to the employee and the employee is fine. They've given the problem to you. They're completely happy. So training the stop doing in relation to that is actually training your staff to, when they bring you a problem, bring the two solutions that they've thought of so that you as the leader choose A and B. And that training means that eventually you will find that the staff will think of A and B as two options and they'll probably be empowered to just choose the right one anyway. So I think that that's a great stop doing as well. So Craig, how are you going to do it all? Like what are the principles that you, you're going to take into the next 100 days and year to help you set yourself up for success? Yeah, I think, mate, it's, it's, it'll be about, obviously you have the goal, but you've got to break all this stuff down. And you've got to set micro goals. And so, you know, examples of that, it might be that, you know, over the next two weeks, I'm going to make sure I do two Pomodoros a day, mm. minimum. Yep. But like, you know, don't, 
overwhelm yourself with, oh, I've got to do 10 of these things at that, you know, two a day, start creating that training, start creating that, that muscle memory, yep. start getting used to it and doing that type of thing, you know, so that's where it's got to start. It's break it down, start small. And all of those small little things have to be able to contribute to the ultimate thing that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. For some stupid reason, Dean, I mean, you're talking about marathons and half Ironman and all of that kind of thing. You know, I had a, an old personal trainer reach out to me who I did a half marathon with a long while ago. And she said, we're thinking about doing one again. Do you want to join us? And I said, look, I don't know if I want to commit to the actual half marathon, but I'd actually like to commit to the training of it. Yep. Yep. Because it'll at least get me moving and that type of mm. thing again. And then, you know, you can sit there being overwhelmed by that, but I broke it down into little bits. Like the first thing I had to do was buy a pair of running shoes because I didn't have shoes suitable for, for running again. And so when mm. I broke it down into little bits and took the pressure off, I said, this is when I'm going to start with you. Yep. Because like, they've already started. But I said, look, I can't start mentally until this day. And then I broke down what I need to do to get ready for that, that day. So... Yep. I'm going the long way around of saying start small, break it all down and, you know, achieve things and tick them off. Yep, absolutely. And I think so the discipline around that is the recording of it as well. So, you know, the, it can be as simple as ticking a box on a, on a piece of yep. paper about how many times you do your training to putting in your calendar and things like that. But it's the discipline of just saying I've, I've set all the steps that I need to do in any particular project. And I know that I'm going to record when I do it. So at least you can look back on your performance and go, I trained for that half marathon. I trained for that goal. And I did 80% of the training that I set myself up for when I planned that particular event. If you don't know all the steps and kind of step out what you need to do, there's no way that you can track how well you did in the training. And it's really great, Craig, that you want to do the training, not the event. Because most people, when you talk to, the, like for me, the, the event is not as exciting as the, the entire package, which includes the race at the end of the yep. day. But it's the training and the, the grit and the frustration and then the excitement and all of that across that whole event that makes it interesting. So the journey is really good as well as the destination. So I think the discipline's good. I think the accountability is great. So, so we, you've signed us up to some pub, you've signed yourself up to some public accountability here. So all of the listeners know full well to ask you about how your training's going, which is which is great. You created a network of of accountability through that through that process as well. So, and I'll pick something that my very own uncommon sense buddy's good at, and can, <laughs> I can get some tips from. <laughs> I can I can let you know what what needs to happen. So absolutely. So that's how. So this is our setup for the for 2024. So I'd love you to take these questions to your to yourself, of course, in terms of a really simple couple of questions to ask yourself, set yourself up for 2024. The year's not started. The year's not over. Holidays go into this time. So do it on the 28th of January. Start on the 1st of Feb and run it like that. You don't need... Yep fireworks on the 31st of December to set these intentions for the for the year. It's probably the worst time to do it because the gym's too busy and you know everyone's trying to go do all sorts of things on the 1st of January. So make your day 1st of February. So think about everything we've talked about today. Take it to your teams as well. What a great exercise to do when you when you're having your team meeting next is to get all of these ideas out on the table across the entire team about how people want to do things better. So that's the second thing that do it yourself, take it for your team and help your team 
and yourself build some structure around the discipline and accountability so it can actually work for the for your entire team in 2024 definitely and as always Dan, if anyone's listening to this and they want some help they can contact us you know we've got lots of things we can do to help them along that along that journey and you can go for a run with craig or my or myself a, and have a very very uh, slow run with a very old man but <laughs> you could do that and you know i think as we look forward to uncommon sense dean like you said number 50 is coming up which is exciting you know this year we're committing to trying to find more guests so we can share different stories with our with our listeners wherever and however you're listening and if you're listening and want to be a guest as dean's always said you've just got to reach out to one of us and we'll you know work out what you might want to talk about and we'll bring it to the listeners of uncommon sense absolutely so i look forward to talking soon thanks very much Have a good-